All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Vitology Podcast. We are here, sort of, together. Ryan. Sort of. Hello. <laughs> hey, Josh, how, how are you? Doing? you? Oh, whoops. I'm very yeah. well. High five. High five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> Yeah, we should have uh, hand there. Anyway, shake hands. No, no, no. If uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast um, audio only, then you're going to be confused at why we are so excited to see each other. But um, we're we're doing this uh, virtually right now, so um, we're on split screen. We're in two different locations, in two different rooms, and you can thank COVID for COVID. That. We can thank Omicron, Omicron for that. Um, I mean, I mean, Ryan, how are you feeling today? You know, Josh, I am feeling great, feeling great. And everyone in my family is too, which begs the question, how are you feeling? You know, that's a good question, Ryan. I am, I'm feeling really well. I'm feeling great, actually. In fact, I've been feeling, I've been feeling great for the last, uh, for the last week. Nice. But my entire family has not been. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So um, I'm I'm for the sake of others, I'm keeping my distance just in case, you know, I don't want to be the one that's like that, that uh, silent spreader, right? Or the yep. asymptomatic person that's going around spewing COVID everywhere. Yeah, I don't feel a thing. So I don't know if that's me or if I'm just gonna it's gonna hit me one of these days. I don't know. I hope not. But. Who knows, right? It's um, it's been pretty crazy in our sort of pocket of the world here lately, yes. hasn't it? It really has been. It really yeah. has been. But okay, I have good news though because uh, I was, you know, we kind of found out right around the time when I was going up to preach on Sunday. So it was it was like the night before. We're realizing that this is a possibility um, and everything, and I'm going, oh great, what do I do? It's the last minute. Um, I, I texted you, I texted everyone. I, I tested negative. Um, I was having no symptoms and yet there's still this thing. Cause they tell me, and, and I, like you're saying, they don't, they don't know, but they tell you that, that you're, you're contagious even a couple days before you have symptoms. Oh, wow. And so if I like started getting symptoms on Monday or Tuesday, I would have felt really bad because that would have meant that I was contagious while preaching. But good news. I have not had you symptoms. And so I was not contagious while preaching. And that was my big prayer, really. Praise God. uh, Yes. (laughs) No, you don't want to start out the new year by hearing that your pastor just gave you COVID. No, you don't. You do not. And I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's been in, in our community, it's been pretty crazy lately. Um, uh, along with a number of other, um, just, followers of Jesus in our, um, this this little area in North County, we're grieving the loss of, uh, pastor Ray Bentley over at Maranatha who passed away, um, yesterday. And so, um, just been reaching out to friends who work there and go there and just trying to, um, encourage and, and, and be a, uh, a voice of comfort, hopefully, but my goodness, just a huge heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. No, this guy had served there for ages and ages, super yeah. well loved and well known and um, influential, written all yep. sorts of books. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. He, uh, I saw that he had just preached right before Christmas. He was, I mean, he was healthy. He was yeah. going for it. I, he was yeah. healthy. He was still serving. And I, I believe, I don't, I don't know. I believe he was in his, in his low seventies. Ah, that's, I I'd heard that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, actually. So don't don't quote me there. But but Keep anyway, I mean, this guy had energy. <laughs> I mean, energy. He was he was going for it. I mean, he was really uh, serving the kingdom well. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. So, so we're we're grieving with that them. Hurts, and, man, that hurts. And um, yeah, lifting them up in prayer. So. Oh man. Well, Gwen, thank you for your prayers. Uh, I appreciate that, and. Uh, I'll pass that on. My uh, my folks are doing great. I'm sorry, my folks. My my family is doing is doing fine. They're they're not that sick. So Laura says he's you know, 64. He was 64, so he wasn't that old. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. My goodness. 64. Man. Yikes. That is way too young. Way too uh, young. Thank you, Laura. Oh, man. Well, man. That is, uh, and this is this is a bummer time. I think there's been a lot of people that have been getting this a lot more. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and people that people like myself, like my wife, were you know double vaccinated, you know relatively careful. Seems like it's from a family member. <laughs> we don't know which one. We're not blaming anybody, um, but it seems like there was a family member at not publicly anyway. Not publicly, <laughs> but you know who you are. <laughs> no, we don't actually. We really don't know. Yeah. Um, so, oh man. Well, it's 2022, and it feels a little bit like 2021. That felt a little bit like 2020, but you know, Isn't uh, that, I, I have know. I have great hope for all that God's going to do in the next 12 months here. Absolutely, absolutely do it. Uh, it is, it's a, it's a weird way to start the year. Yeah. Right? It's it a really weird way to start the year. And, and I think even more so than last year, like last year it was bad, but there was this like glimmer of hope. And I don't, I just feel like this year it's, it's like, there's a sense of, Oh man, is this going to be like the way it is forever? Right. You know? So Ryan, yeah. is it going to be like this forever? No, no I, don't I don't think so. Don't, I don't think so. I don't think but, you have the answer. And and I, yeah, good. I'm glad. But I'm, I'm I don't think I'm so. an optimist though. So that's true. I yeah, know. I know. Yeah, that's good. So that's a good thing. Carolyn Schmidt, thank you so much for praying for my family. I appreciate that as well. And uh, and anybody, we'd love for you to join in in the conversation. We are uh, looking forward to to uh, processing together and talking. Some um, this is the first of the year, like you said, yep. and. Uh, and this year we're going to have a lot to a lot to cover. A lot. We to think are, about. and we're kicking off the year talking about what we're going to be talking about the rest of the year, which is the Bible, right? The Bible. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is something we talk about every week, all the time. All the time. <laughs> we're always talking about the Bible. But yes, we've gotten to talk about. Um, we spent two weeks. So last last Sunday, and then this coming Sunday. Um, in a in a little series called the Good Book, the Good Book, yes. And we are talking about the Good Book. And you got and us started this last week, Josh. So what? Let me let me let me put you on the spot while you're looking on. for something. Looking for my Good Book. I've got yeah. a bunch of them here. I've, what? I just, you know, I just I just walked out of a meeting and I think I left my Bible in that meeting. Uh oh, the Good oh, Book. Here it is. Here it is. Has been. I just said down. Left behind. No. Not to say that Left Behind is the good book, but that no. your good book was Left Behind. <laughs> All right. There you um, go. So, Josh, you uh, yes. you preached this last week. What's one? What was one little nugget? Something that God showed you as you were preparing um, that maybe you didn't get to unpack as much as you would have liked to, but just something that God showed you as you were getting ready. Oh man. That's a that's a great question. You know, there's there's pages of it actually, um, <laughs> and in fact, uh, I don't know you. This is the way my process is to to kind of I kind of put down as much as I can, and it's a little bit more like stream of consciousness sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of writing and writing and writing and thinking, and and sometimes I'll write pages of information that doesn't make the cut. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sort of, which I don't know if it's a great process because sometimes I get spend way too much time on the things that don't make the cut. So that's just me. Sometimes I, I do that. So there's a, a number of things that I would, you know, I would have loved to go into and man, but this was a different kind of, in a sense, a different message, mm -hmm. a different type of message than we usually teach. Yeah. So um, oftentimes we're very, we try to be very tied to a text Mm -hmm. And I had a text that was like a little launching pad in a sense, but this was a little bit more of a, a little bit more of an apologetic message. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was about the Bible overall. And my launching text was the in second, second Peter um, one verses 16 to 21. But um, so there's a, there's a lot of things in that passage that was, was really interesting. Like um, kind of some of the, the reasons why Peter is bringing this up. Yeah, because um, he doesn't he doesn't really tell us. And this is, you know, this is something we you have to think about a lot when you're when you're uh, 
when you're studying the Bible, especially, um, well, in any part of the Bible, you have to you have to know what genre of literature you're reading. And in the letters, okay, which is Second Peter is one is a letter um, from Peter, and uh, and in that you have to you have to think that you have to realize you're you're kind of like reading someone else's mail, right? Yeah. So you only get part of the conversation. You're not getting the full picture. So we don't really know exactly why. Peter brings up this topic, but there's some hints in there that make you start, you know, realizing what, what it was, you know, what's going on behind the scenes there. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it definitely seems like there's, there's some, um, there's some people that were, that were discounting Peter's, um, testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the thing that struck me and I, I barely got to mention this, but, um, in the message is that, their their criticism seemed to be something to the effect of this just seems to be too good to be true. Huh, interesting. Because the the way that he says, he says we were not, we were not uh um let me see if I can read the exact we we did not follow cleverly devised myths. Okay. Yeah. I love that the, that their criticism was this is just too clever. Right. Right. In in other words, it's like, no, there's no way that all of this old testament stuff could be fulfilled in Jesus. It's right. just too clever. clever. Yeah. Right? And, and so he's kind of saying, no, guys, we didn't just make this up. This isn't just a myth. Um, right. We saw this thing. Yeah. I think that's that. That's really neat. I love that. Yeah. Um, on Sunday night, Lundy um, spent a lot of time on that idea of these were eyewitnesses. And yes. so like that was part of his main thrust, which by the way, I love hearing two people yeah, I mean, the same passage and just the different nuance and texture in each both true to the text, but, um, but coming at it with their own personality and their own things that stand out to them and going, this is what's important for us to dig into. So it was really fun for me. Totally. totally. Right on, man. Well, th yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that portion of it. You want to just give us like a two minute overview of what you talked yes. about? Yes. Can I can I give you one more though that I wanted yeah, sure. to I wanted to talk about? I mean, I, I really, really, I really, really wanted to introduce this message. <laughs> I almost did. I ran out of there was so much, I had so much content in this. I kept saying even in the message, that's a whole other seminar. And oh, yeah, it really yeah. is. And I've got a lot of it. But um I I, I wanted to talk about the uh, the power of of this book. Hmm. And um and and how this book has had power over in, in people's lives personally, but also um, it's been used, unfortunately, to control people, mm -hmm. right? So um, that, there's a movie about that. And uh, I don't know if you, do you remember this movie? It was, it was 2010. Um, and the movie was, um, was called The Book of Eli. Oh, now, Will Smith. It was, no, it was Denzel. It was Denzel Washington. Oh, Will was in Denzel one. Denzel Washington. Right around that talking, same uh, time. Yeah, he think was in another one. You're thinking of uh, where he's like a zombie or something, or no, yeah, yeah, that's the one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one too. But this one, this one, the Book of Eli. Okay, now if you haven't seen that, um, I can't. It's hard to recommend this movie because it's incredibly violent. But I just love it when um, when Hollywood makes a movie about the Bible hmm. because they do it all wrong. <laughs> I mean, they do it when it's truly Hollywood. You know it is because they do it in a way where you can't recommend it. Like Christians can't recommend it. So sure enough, there's all sorts of killing and violence in this movie, um, bad language. So in that sense, I can't recommend it. But as a pastor, as a, you know, a, a student of the Bible, I, I really wanted to, to read it. The, uh, but this is also why, you know, you know, talking about an R rated movie and, you know, at church is sometimes frowned upon. So I just didn't fit perfectly. Um, however, the, the books, um, I'm mean, sorry, the movies, uh, um, like tagline is, is hilarious to me. The tagline in the, in the poster, it says this, it says, some will kill to have it. He will kill to protect it. Oh. <laughs> and I, I just think it's such a, like dun, dun, dun. Such a typical, yeah. Typical, like Hollywood, like tagline. And they're talking about the Bible. It's this post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic post -apocalyptic movie, 
um, the world has fallen apart. There was something that happened that like most people died and the world's a mess. And at some point they burned all the Bibles. Oh, okay. Now, now the premise of this movie is definitely far-fetched because um, they would have to burn like 6 billion Bibles. Yeah. That's a, to that's really a lot, burn them all. Okay? A lot of Bibles out that's, there. That's a lot of Bibles. Um, but there were no Bibles and the Bible became this thing where, uh, there, okay, there's one Bible left, apparently, is the storyline. And this guy has it. And, uh, and it's a story about how he fights to keep it. And there's people fighting to get the Bible because hmm. they know. And this guy says, the bad guy in the movie says, uh, that if I, if I have this book, this book has the words that can control people, is what he's saying. Uh, he knows that this is this is an influential book. The movie can't deny that. And what was struck me is that, that the only book in the history of the world that a movie like that could be written about is the Bible. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a powerful statement about the power of the Bible. Now, I don't agree with it, and that's not why we like the Bible because we're not trying to control anyone with it. In fact, we want people to have the Bible for themselves. We don't want to control the Bible. We want people to open the Bible. All those things, but. Anyway, that was a uh, is an interesting example of how influential this book is. Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. I'm I'm uh, gonna begin my message this weekend with uh, a story of the story of William Tyndale, who yes. um, like it was his life's mission to uh, transcribe the scriptures into English. And um, the church at the time, the Roman church at the time, wanted to prevent him from doing that in order to preserve a level of control and power. And so, you know, to your point, Josh, that that's exactly that, it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's not just Hollywood. That's taken that tactic. That's, that's played out in history uh, yeah. a number of different times, but uh, William Tyndale's life is, is pretty amazing. If you, if you study oh, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's a, that's a good um, segue to a plug of, of, I mean, for the next two, um, two months on our third Wednesday seminars, we're going to be studying the Bible. We're going to be talking about the Bible, but in the February one, uh, we're going to be talking about something very similar to that, very close to that. Right. Um, it, it's really about how the Bible, um, we're calling it the Bible in the hands of the people. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really, it has to do with how we got our English Bibles. Yeah. Um, it's going to be how marvelous. that was passed down. It's going to be really neat. There's a, Oh, I mean, there's a there's a woman in our church that has uh leafs bible leafs original bible leafs so these are things that are printed in the 1500s um i think do you remember her oldest one i it's don't a, it might even old. be in the 1400s though i mean it, yeah. it is it so we're talking almost 500 years old or more and uh and this is um the, the original leaves and we're going to kind of get to walk around and look at them and see them but she's also going to present and share the story of how that happened. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be really, really neat. Tyndale's um, a big part of that. Exactly. Exactly. He was. And so, um, yes, as Carol Schmidt says, the Bible. So this is a better way to say it. The Bible has the words that can transform people, yeah. not just the words that, uh, that, that, uh, that can control people. Right. That's right. a, that's a much better way to say it. Um, but that doesn't sell movies as much, Carolyn. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's what they thought so you know um so yeah so let me let me give you a, um just a little uh, brief kind of overview um of the message and uh um here <laughs> sorry i'm i'm laughing because there's people outside my window um ah. that, are, that are like making faces at me so um thanks guys all right um they know that i'm here this is what happens when we're um off campus yeah but anyway, yeah um so really the big question of the of the message was um what's so good if we call this the good book um that's the series really what's so good about it and i thought you know the the real the real hope of the message is to to um help people um kind of commit to in a sense that they can trust this book but that's mm -hmm. that's really you know, we talk about this book. We um, preach about this book. We're asking everybody to read through this this book, at least the, the New Testament this year. Um, 
the, it's one thing to just read it, but it's another thing to like actually trust it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I had, I just came up with five. There's, there's lots of reasons for this. These aren't like an exhaustive reason of, of five reasons, but, uh, um, it, my reasons kind of began and end, ended with Jesus. And, uh, that, that was very intentional that first of all, it's a, it's a single story with a trajectory that points to Jesus. So, um, this is a, this is a concept that I just love. And, uh, um, in fact, uh, I, I love the, I think it's the, um, well, a lot of people have been talking about it, the Bible this way, but the gospel project is one that has been, um, really influential in, in explaining that. I mean, almost every video they make, they say that the, the Bible is a single storyline that, they may say it slightly different. That points to Jesus, though, basically. Yeah. That's um, a story about Jesus. And I just think that frames the book in the right way. Yeah, it does. You know? it, frames the way, it frames it in the way the scriptures frame it, you know? Exactly. So exactly. I think that's... And, you know, you, uh, which I was really grateful for, pulled out um, our statement of faith, and or we have a section on scripture in that. And... Um, there was a section that you read that we actually pulled directly from the Chicago um, Council for Biblical Inerrancy. It was in 1970, I believe. And um, that their, their site was that essentially what, what you read from our statement that the whole Bible, it points to Jesus. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to put that in the, in the chat right now. Um, that, and that's, I think this is so crucial. Um, Oh yeah, thank Austin. He says that the Bible's unified story that leads to Jesus is what the Bible Project says. Thank you for correcting me, Austin. Austin for the um, win. Austin for the win. That's right. And uh, and the statement, mm-hmm. the this is the statement that uh, that's in our our uh, statement of faith it says we affirm that the person and work of Jesus Christ is the central focus of the entire Bible. There it is. Um, and that that really helps to it helps in a lot of ways, but one of them is in dealing with uh, in dealing with what, what, what do you do with the old Testament? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you apply the old Testament? Mm-hmm. And when you stop and realize that it's, it's a storyline that hasn't finished yet, then it, it, it just means that you need to read it a little bit. Yeah. differently. It does. You have to. So. You have to. Yep. It was really good. And so, yeah, that, there's a number of things that I would love to go into more there. Um, so, I mean, as, as you talk about like extra, extra insights that you bring about, because I, I think what you said is exactly right, that the Bible itself tells us that. So yeah. in the passage in, in Second Peter, um, I actually think I, I had a bunch of other um, kind of proof for that. But I really think that Peter is referencing that very concept. In what, when he brings up the transfiguration, um, because he chooses this this kind of time, um, this story to talk about, and he does he could have chosen anything, I guess, but but he chooses the transfiguration, which is a an example of of God Himself saying that yeah, there's the there's the prophets, and yeah, there's the law, but. In a sense, he's saying Jesus is better, right? Or right. Jesus is the, the loved one. He is yeah. my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. Exactly. He doesn't go back and say, go listen to these guys. This is the right. one to really listen to. Right. And uh, and so there's a lot of other places, though, that say that. So John 1.18 is, is one of my favorites that, uh, that highlights this idea. And John... Um, you know, and I, I end up later in the passage, in the message, I mean, um, I quoted a bunch from John 1, um, because as we'll get to the word, um, but in John 1 says this, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. Yep. So that the, that Jesus has made God known. Now, but here's what it's saying. More importantly, no one has seen God. Now, it, and what he's talking about is the people that have talked about God um, throughout the, the Old Testament, um, the prophets, 
and uh, and we know that you know one of them saw God's back, I guess, and mm-hmm. and uh, you could even say that uh, Adam and Eve walked with God, and so they somehow saw Him, right? But I think the point that John's making is that no one has fully understood God. No one has really seen God, but now we have. In other words, the fullest expression of what it means to be God is found only in Jesus. In Jesus, right. That's right. right. So, so you're exactly right. This is what the Bible says about the Bible. Yep. Yep. And so, and that tells us what kind of book it is. Right. You know, um, this is where it gets a little, I don't, um, I stayed away from using this language because this language can sound um, bad, but I'll say this. I mean, this is, I almost said this, that the Bible has an agenda. Hmm. Um, we don't like agendas these days. I feel like we think that agenda, it's a bad thing to have an agenda. But what I'm saying is that it's got, it's got a purpose, right? There's a reason that it's saying what it says. So, so um, John 20, verse 30, um, John says, um, Jesus did many other things, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here. He did many other things while in his ministry, right, preaching. But these things I have written so that you may believe. Yep. Right? So that yep. there's a, the point of the, of the gospel is not pure history. Right. His point is so that you will see these things, understand these things, and believe these things. Right. So, which is not of, to say that it's unhistorical or no. that it's bad history. It's just like it, you're clarifying what the what the point is that the yes. Bible didn't set out to just write a historic account of the nation of Israel. It it's exactly. pointing somewhere. It's it's a journey that's going in a certain direction and has a certain telos, a certain a certain goal or end. Yes. 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 And and that and actually really helps because. Um, a lot of the critiques of the Bible tend to be critiques about something that the Bible never claims to be. So right. the Bible doesn't claim to be a history book that tells you all the details about Jesus's life. So we wouldn't expect it to have all the details. Right. It's actually got a fairly narrow subset of his life. My um, goodness, right? so a- much of the of it focuses on the last three days, right? I mean, yep. if you want to figure out what Jesus was like as a teenager from the Bible, good luck. Yes. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got one when he's 12, so he's not even a teenager yet. Not a, not a teenager yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. So, so next you said that it's a beautiful collaboration of, Human and divine. Human the human and divine. divine. Yep. So, and once again, these are concepts. I'm bringing up concepts that are like huge. I felt like talk for theolo- I, I felt like you you walked a theological tightrope in that point. Okay. Yes. Well, I, mean, I, I think I it's, mean, a, it's right. So, like God, we would say this is um, God's word or God breathed. Right. I'm going to talk about that yes. this this yes. uh, this Sunday. Um, and yet, it's also um, written by by men who were carried along by the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, would you say uh, how how that, that's a tough concept, right? This idea oh, of totally being carried true. along, right? And I don't know that we necessarily have a um, a good explanation of that but would you say that the people who were writing scripture um had a different interaction with the holy spirit than we do had an like an <laughs> elevated level of spirit's guidance um how do you Great think they question. were carried along and by the way yeah while, while you're thinking of your answer to that um i just want to plug it's going to surprise our listeners an andrew peterson song that's entitled carried along it's a great okay. song off one of his earlier albums that uh not his christmas album the best christmas album ever written but it's a song called carried along and it's great anyway what do you think see i am not as much of a peterson fan i haven't been i'm beginning to be because of you so i i didn't even know that songwriter so yeah okay good good well um do i think that they had a closer experience with god i think so i think i've always assumed that yeah it, to, at some level, um, I, I've always assumed 
that, and especially early on, that these people kind of were, um, I, I think that, that they were coming at this and, um, and that, that they were somehow more holy than I am. Mm-hmm. And yet, here's the thing. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to say, I run into people that are holier than I am, okay? There's no doubt. Right. I, I, I know people that are holier than I. In fact, Brian, I might even know some people that are holier than you. Um, I'm okay, married to a, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so I'm not trying to say that I'm like that or you are, are you know, super holy. OK, we're not. I'm just saying that that most of the people. That you get to know. You realize that they're just as they're just like you and I. Mm-hmm. Even the holiest of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh my goodness! Even, even I've had conversations with with monks who have like given their life to to like living away from the world and like, and and they they are hilarious. They talk yeah. about the same things. There's one who to- was talking about video games. It's like you play video games. <laughs> wow! Sure enough, sure enough. Wow. Um, so. They're just normal. So all that to say, I don't know that that these these people, um, I don't think they knew necessarily that as they were writing all the time that they're writing scripture. Yeah, I think sometimes they they did. Okay, sometimes they realized that this was going to be talked about more. Um, but I think that's what Peter's getting at when um, the line that he says is uh, he says that uh, that no scripture or no prophecy has been, um, came about. And let's see here. How, where's the exact words here? Um, oh, he says that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along. Okay. So it's the, the idea that, that they're speaking. Mm-hmm. And that's a key phrase though, because that, that it's a, it, it stands apart in the in the passage as well as its own verb that that men spoke. Okay, that's supposed to be um, unique. It's as if to say this was their ideas, um, and they weren't like setting out to write scripture or to say prophecy. And yet, as they were talking to the people, um, somehow they were being carried along by the Spirit. Yeah, and and this is part of the. This is part of the uniqueness of it, um, but this is what's it, it is unique about the Bible. That it the is. Bible is different than than any other kind of holy book. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about the Book of Mormon this week and okay. just some of the claims that the Book of Mormon makes or that that Mormons make about the Book of Mormon, and that you know Joseph Smith found these golden tablets and translated yep. them, and and essentially the they would claim that their holy book sort of fell out of the sky, right? Um, and followers of Jesus do not claim that about the Bible, to your point. Yeah. They they are very, we are very clear that, well, actually, this is, um, yeah, men spoke from God, right? So that's, it's found its inception in God. The, the, uh, the, um, the words are from God, but they are written by, by men, by people. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's not like I think I used to think that like these images of like someone listening to God and saying, what was that, God? And wait, did you say and or but, right. you know, like waiting for like some sort of dictation from above? Yeah. Um, and that's not that's, that's clearly not what the what the Bible teaches about it, what it says about it. Um, that's that's uh, that's not what we believe about the, about the scriptures. Um, now, but like you're saying, that is what some people or some other holy books, like for instance, the Quran is like that. Um, they they believe that that yeah. uh, that Muhammad was actually illiterate and he he could not write it on his own. And so they see that it, the, their scripture, Quran, as, as a miracle in itself, he couldn't write. And yet he went into some sort of trance in a cave somewhere and uh, and and an angel. I believe it might have been Gabriel also um, in their stories of it that Gabriel spoke to him and he wrote it down, um, which which 
puts a different. So if that's what the book is, then it better be perfect. Right. You know, well, and there are sections of of the Bible where it's prophets recording the the words of God, right? And so yeah, there yeah. there are there are times where it definitely reads a little bit more like the way that you described, right? But then there are times also where Paul says something like we would say is holy perfect scripture where he goes, yeah, um, I baptized so and so and and another person and uh, beyond that I don't remember who I baptized. Exactly. Right. So, like, so remember. what we wouldn't say is, well, God doesn't remember who Paul baptized, right? And yeah. but what we would say is that, um, that 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 orig that that originated in God and it came out of Paul's pen, and because God wanted to make the point that through Paul that who who was baptized by who is not important. Right. Yep. And Paul yep. does Paul genuinely not remember? He does not remember. I don't think. And could God have reminded no. him? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, but for whatever reason, God preserved that. And that's what as followers of Jesus, we would say is the the part of the scriptures that um, is is human. It's like that's that really is Paul saying that. And yeah, yet yeah. it's the Holy Spirit leading him to write that. Because God wants to use that for generations to make the point that this is ultimately about Jesus, not about who's baptized you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great example of one. Um, and there's a bunch of those throughout scripture. Tons um, of them. That, that are, it's just, there's no other way to say it. It's just, it's just, it's human. Yeah. And so here, here's where I didn't say it this way, but I'm convinced we have this idea of the Bible, an idea of perfection. You got Austin's up there. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, we have this idea of perfection that is not, and, and we have to be careful here, but um, we have to, we have to leave room for the human element in this. Okay. Not to say at all that they're, I'm, I'm not saying they're wrong, but they're human. And so they speak humanly, right? Mm -hmm. They say the, the things the way that humans would. Yeah, I, I thought your example of the mustard seed was really good. I, I thought that was a yeah, that was a good way of pointing out. Yeah, Jesus is utilizing the um, the lingo of his day, and it was generally assumed that that would have been correct. Did he know that it's technically not? I would say that he did, and yet the smallest of the seeds, yes, but that wasn't his point. You know, you're right. If he's writing about botany, I love that. If he's writing about botany, yeah. he's probably going to point it out, right? But he's yeah. not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know. I know. Well, and that and that was okay. So I want to get to Austin's point here, okay? Because this is this is a good one, um, and and I think I think it'll tie us in um, real quick because because the second or the third point is that it's truthful and all it addresses. Okay, so now we can go on and on about this, um, but. The point is that when it's trying to say something, when it's trying to teach something, um, that's when we have no doubt that this is what, that it's true. Um, but all, and here's what I'm trying to say. And, you know, in a, in a way, all of the critiques of the Bible tend to be about things that the Bible's not teaching. Now, I didn't even go into this. This is the other side of it. I think the other side of the, the thing is that there's, um, the critiques come on people because of people's interpretation of the Bible. Yeah. Because our statement that says that, um, that God, God chose the exact, the words God intended to communicate to humankind, that God is communicating to humans. Those words are accurate. There's two sides to communication though, right? And that is us hearing it and us understanding the communicated words us understanding it is not an infallible inerrant process. Yeah. We mess it up. Right. And, and that's just clear because there's so many churches that believe different things. That's so true. I think the challenging part for me, Josh, and I, I don't, I'll be just, you know, transparent, vulnerable, whatever, um, is that I think there's some times where we can go, well, the Bible isn't intending to teach that. But how do we know, right? Like, so the yeah. Bible is true, it, truthful in all that it, um, all that it affirms or all that it teaches, and and yet 
I would go, well, why, well, why wouldn't we say that the Bible is trying to teach something about um, astronomy, right? When it says yep. that the sun stood still, right? Yep. Which we all know the sun isn't moving, right? So how yeah, can the sun stand still? Saying. And we go, well, that's yeah. not the, that's not the point. That was the general understanding totally. of the day. And um, people thought that um, the sun was moving and that they weren't yada, yada. Right. But yep. it seems to me like it's a little bit of um, I don't, not a cop out, but it's an easy trump card to play to go. Well, that, that's not the point. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think? Of, what do you it, think about somebody can... who would respond like that? Yeah. You know, I'd say this. I mean, and I'd have to be very honest that that's a statement. That's a statement of faith. Yeah. And, and that's a statement of belief. I don't know that. Um, and I wouldn't expect everybody that comes to the Bible to have that same belief yet. Um, I, I think that that that, that comes from uh, it kind of comes after, in a sense, after meeting the Jesus that the Bible points to. Yeah. You realize that you kind of you realize that. So, I mean, it, like a, well, that point I use that I I'm using that example because the church has some not exactly illustrious history with that passage of scripture specifically. It was one of the reasons that uh, both Copernicus and Galileo weren't exactly um, welcomed with open arms into the church, and um, I think it was was Copernicus eventually. Um, was he killed or just uh, or was he just exiled <laughs> excommunicated? One of them was. Yeah, they were excommunicated. Yeah. 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 That's man. Now you're testing our church history here. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, we're not church historians necessarily, but um, no, you're right that there's been a, there's been a terrible, um, a terrible relationship <laughs> with science, unfortunately, sadly, um, in the church. And we're still not, don't have a great relationship with science. There's a, there's a sense in which um, I think, there, it, it, people think that it's that it's um, that there are opposing sides. Or yeah, something. they do. Yeah, and and oh, I can't tell you how I want people to hear that that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I think that that is, uh, I think that, that Satan is one in that way, in a sense mm -hmm. that to to make us think that or make people think that. Um, and I think it's been some maybe well well minded or. Um, they had good intentions um, to in early on, but I think it's gone too far. <laughs> like yeah. um, I think some people saw in in um, in evolution some things that were very dangerous. And and don't get me wrong, I think there were some assumptions that like Darwin made that were very like you know he was not a he was an atheist, and so he of course that was brought into his thinking. Um, however. Early Christians didn't see didn't see uh, evolution as a terrible thing, um, and there's still a lot of Christians that don't. There's been a number of times when um, when I've presented and taught about Genesis okay, mm -hmm. and creation and the seven days of creation. We had a, by the way, I'm sort of addressing a question that came in yeah, um, about yeah. about Genesis one. And about old earth creation. Okay, now this could be a whole podcast. Um, and uh, this question came in asking, like, is it okay? A son had had mentioned a book written by a Christian about old earth creation. And they asked us, like, have we have we heard about this? And is it, you know, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't always... Um, this is one of those issues that is sensitive in the church. There are some people that, that are on all sorts of sides on this science generally is on the side of the earth being very, very old. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, any in evolutionary science is this, but I'm not saying necessarily because of evolution, but um, astronomy will, will date the date, the earth to, you know, 4 billion years or something like that. And then the universe 14 billion years, you know, yeah. numbers that are just incomprehensible. Um, I tend to take a view that is an old earth view. Mm -hmm. I am what is called an old earth creationist, I guess, um, that says, I, I don't, I don't believe that the earth was created 6,000 years ago. Um, 
And, uh, and I believe that God used all sorts of other methods to do that. I can't tell you how many kids that I've told that to, and I've laid it out in scripture. And then they've come back to me and said, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, Pastor Josh, thank you so much. I always thought that I had to choose between science or the Bible. Like mm-hmm. actually that was, that was a direct quote from a, a girl, brilliant girl that was off at, off at college had come back and she's like, oh, just thank you so much mm-hmm. because I thought I had to choose and I could just tell her voice. she was going to choose science. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't have to like throw away my faith because of science. And this is the truth of it. That all truth will lead to the, to the, to the truth, right? Yeah. All truth is going to lead to Jesus. And so I think we have to, I think we have to just kind of take a step back and look at some of our assumptions and start thinking about these things, being a little bit more open. Now that's a yeah. Point. I mean, I, I would say objectively that there are um, strong Bible-believing Christians who are mm-hmm. young Earth creationists, who mm-hmm. are old Earth creationists, and who believe in theistic evolution. Right? Absolutely. Um, and so. I think just that's just an objective statement of fact. They believe in the authority of Scripture, and they believe in whatever their view of of creation is. And so, oftentimes, unfortunately, what you hear is, "Well, some people take the Bible seriously, and others don't." And that's just simply not the case. Um, they're yes. looking at the science, or looking at Scripture, and and they're reading Scripture a little bit differently um, in light of what they see in the scientific world, everybody's doing that though, right? Whether we interpret a day as a 24 hour period or a day as a, as a, a a unit of of measurement, right. That's not, not necessarily tied to any specific hours, right. We do that with our, with the the word day in the English language anyway. Right. When I say back in the day of Abraham Lincoln, I'm not talking about a 24 hour period, right. I'm talking about, Uh, I'm talking about a time period, right? Yep, and yep. we we utilize that word in totally. a variety of different forms, even in the English. And um, they they did the same thing in Hebrew. And so, yeah. anyway, to your point, I think yeah. I, I think that we just need to say yes. There are strong Bible believing Christians who love Jesus, who believe in the authority of Scripture, who fall in different places in this, and. I think we're we're better for listening to those voices and really wrestling. Um, yes. And I think that was, you know, part of your your fourth point is that, gosh, when you do that, when you wrestle, that's when it comes yes. to life. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 to to go back to that, just real briefly, that that even Genesis one, the question becomes, what is the Bible trying to teach? And I think that's one of the questions we have to ask: Is this do you think that that Genesis one was really a a guide to you know early cosmology? Um, is that really what it's it's for? Or not cosmology? Because it actually probably is. But is it more like um, is it a science textbook? Is it trying to teach science there, or is it trying to say something about the one who is above all science? Right. Mm-hmm. So because if anything. Um, I, I hope you heard um, this last week that I take the Bible very seriously, right? And and I hope anyone listening um, would would uh, would hear um, both Ryan and I. We we've given ourselves to to studying this thing and uh, and to um, to teaching it as best as we can. We take this book seriously, but I think there's a it's um, you can take it more seriously by understanding what the the purpose is. Mm-hmm. there's a purpose to why it was written. And so it's, and it's absolutely, I mean, it's absolutely um, truthful in everything that it addresses, everything it teaches. Yep. That's for sure. So, yep. but okay. So yes, the more you wrestle with it, you brought up, that was the the fourth point. Um, it, the more comes alive and it. And really this, this point was kind of meant to transition into it comes alive because of who brings it alive. Right? Yes. And this gets to Austin's. Now let's bring up Austin's point here. All right, because this I think this trans this transitions well. Austin, thank you. Um, he says this. I think it's so important to think of the Bible as human and divine, because Jesus is both human and divine. 
I love that. I didn't get to go into that, um, but I do think that's that there, there's something there. There's something there that this is in a sense, the way God works. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, in a sense, this is, this is always the way that God has worked, right? There's, he's always used people. He's spoken through humans. Um, he doesn't, I'm trying to think it, very rarely does he make big broadcast statements to everyone. I, is there anything like that, Ryan? I'm trying to think of, of any that, uh, that God is speaking to everybody. I mean, funny thing is I'm thinking of is the writing on the wall is the one he appears to the most people that I can think of right now. There's probably others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can see him in the cloud, right? So there's the whole nation of Israel sees him. I can't think of any where God's voice is heard by multiple people. You know, at at the baptism of Jesus. Okay. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Absolutely, Matthew That's a good one, three. Right? That that would be one, but um, yeah, there's there's not a ton. Not, so there's very few, very few. If that, here's the thing, and the point is that God seems to always use the human to communicate the divine, mm-hmm. right? So it's that's that's a that's just a part of the way God works, and He did it in Jesus, is what Austin's saying here, and He does it. He's done it through his scriptures as well. Yeah. Now, and he says, as you stated in the message, um, both Jesus and the Bible are described as the word of God. Right now. And I know you've done some research on this, too. Um, Yeah, you'll notice that I so I've I very rarely and very intentionally. um, Well, I choose I choose the way that I talk about scripture very intentionally. Um, And so I will often say scripture rather than the Bible. Um, and I will almost never use the word of God in reference to the Bible or scripture. (laughs) Um, and primarily that's because I, I want to do my best to take the Bible on its terms rather than mine. And the way that the scriptures refer to themselves is as scripture. Um, most of the time when the Bible is talking about the word of God, it's talking about two things, one of two things. One, something that God has spoken, not, not, not that's written down per se, but something that's, that's been spoken by God. Yep. Um, words, yep. Or Jesus, right? Yep. And the, there are very few places where the scriptures talk about the word of God and they're talking about themselves. They're, it's usually yep. talking about the one of those two things. Um, most of the time, it's the the term is scripture, grapha, when it's talking about uh, the literal written um, sacred text that we we hold. Um, and then I, I very I just very rarely say the Bible says because to your second point, what I actually want to say is, well, Paul wrote um, or Matt really? recorded or you know Moses documented for us or yep. you know if it's unknown right we have you know some compiled scriptures by you know so i want to i want to try to highlight the fact that no paul really wasn't a jail cell writing to a church and he's he is calling them to faithfulness in jesus rather Definitely. than the just the bible ambiguously as this one book which it's like you pointed out, it's way far better to think of it as a library than it is as a one yeah. book. Um, yeah. I think it's more intentional and it helps us take the Bible on its terms rather than ours. That's right. That's right. So I want to know, what, did you, were you getting a little nervous when I brought up Hebrews 4? No, Hebrews 4 is like my, my, like every time <laughs> somebody talks about the word of God being sharper than any double-edged sword, I'm like, yeah, Jesus is. Exactly. Exactly. That one is a study in context that I was so grateful. Um, Actually, when you brought it up, I'm like, oh, please don't be talking about the Bible. That was what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. If you you were nervous, I was going to. I was like, oh, man, because it's it. If you read it in context, it is so clear that this is talking about Jesus rather than the book that we know now as the Bible. Yep. Yep. And that I didn't get to go into that. That would have been another great tangent to go into is the interplay. And this is kind of what Austin's getting at the interplay between the word of God. Okay. The, 
as Jesus, the logos. Okay. And, and then the God's words to us, God's words yeah. spoken. Oh my goodness. There's something powerful about that. And, and we do, it, it's enough to be ambiguous. I brought it up in there because it's the, the point of the book, right? Okay. That's trajectory. It's a single storyline with a tra trajectory towards Jesus. The point of the book is to get us to Jesus. Yes. And so within the book, we would hope that as you wrestle with it, it would come alive in you. But what's not, what's coming alive is not a book. A book is not coming alive. It's actually Jesus coming alive in you. Yeah. It's the word of God. It's the, it's the logos of God that is alive. Um, the, the book itself. And I tried to even say this a little bit that it's, it's sort of, I mean, it's alive in that it's, it's relevant to us. Right. And it speaks to us in a way, but was well, really the, alive. And the spirit, the same spirit that inspired it still yes. utilizes yes. it to go straight to the heart. So I would say, Absolutely. do I believe that, that the scriptures do divide? Yeah, actually, but not because of this passage, actually because of second Timothy. And I'll talk about it this week that oh, through right. the scriptures that we see reproof and we see correction right? Correction. It, it totally. goes straight. It goes straight to our heart and it calls us totally. out and it calls us forward, which I'll talk about this weekend. But I was so grateful because even that passage, if you were to take out the little um, subheading before the, before verse 14, it would make it even more clear, right? Cause you point oh, out, really? oh yeah. Cause it says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit joints and marrow and discerning yeah. the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, mm -hmm. right? So whoever's doing this dividing, that's no creature is hidden from his exactly. sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who, to whom we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has yep. passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, right? Yep. You take You're talking that about out, this little... Heading right Correct. here. Wait, there that it is. Heading. There it is. Yep. yep. <laughs> you take that heading out, which by the way was put in there by the translators, not it was not, not the original. Exactly. You take that out and it becomes even more clear if it wasn't already. The That's person good. who divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, is not the Bible. The person who divides is Jesus, the great high priest. Yep. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, pardon me, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm glad I didn't see that because then that would have added another couple minutes to the message. Yeah, you know, it always is. <laughs> <it, but, laughs> no, but that, that's, but it, cool. it, if you get any pushback, it's like, hey, just, okay, if you want to argue that his there is from his site is scripture, I think you have a, uh, you, you have a hard time making that case if you keep reading it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's, and that's, yeah. Ugh. And that's where the, um, that's where I wanted to take the whole, the whole message about a good book um, and bring it to our, our good shepherd, which wants to give us a good life. Right. That was mm -hmm. kind of the, that was what, that was really what the whole point is. So, um, so yes, it comes alive in you, but only when it, only when Jesus, the very point of it, is what comes alive alive in you. And so, yes, the words. I mean, these these words are are our words. We're people of the book, as it's been said, right? Um, and yet, there's uh, the book is in a sense a means to the end. Mm -hmm. um, the end is Jesus, mm -hmm. and the book is i mean I, you could talk about this as well you could go into how and i think i sort of oh, i made reference to it in like people that have studied it um who know a lot about it but it hasn't impacted them yeah it hasn't changed them because they haven't met the the word right um i talked about a guy in a prison this is an old this is a story in the french french prison and i guess they used to put people in dungeons or the guy like knew how many letters there were, how many words there were in the in the Bible, how many verses, and all those things. But as the story goes, it just doesn't seem like those words ever impacted his heart. Yeah, and uh, and that's the that's the problem. 
when we don't see the the word that the words talk about right right so yeah it, it is a, it, it it's according to scripture it is a means to an end in that you can you search the scriptures yet the scriptures point to me jesus says and yet you refuse to come to me and have life right um or mm -hmm. Luke 24 27 that jesus unpacked the way that all the scriptures uh were pointing to him and then we ha we have i think we have to hold intention to this the reality that um jesus would say in matthew chapter 5 that um, not a yacht or a tittle will pass away, right? That, yeah. um, that, that God's, that the scriptures, right, are a gift from God that are designed to lead us to him and that, that God highly, highly, highly values his communication with his world that he loves um, called scripture. Not the only way he communicates, but I would argue the primary way. And mm -hmm. so um, there's this like, yeah, it's a means to an end. And yet it's a beautiful, glorious, um, protected by God means to an end that has a, a sense of majesty in and of itself also. Mm. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. And that, oh, that whole sense of majesty. Oh my goodness. That's, another, you know, that's, um, this book was written by brilliant people <laughs> and it's the, it's some of the best, some of the best, like what uh, most well-written, most um, ingenious, like material that's ever been written. Uh, and that's what that there, there's something powerful about it alone. <laughs> like even if it didn't point to the very word of God, right? If it didn't point to Jesus, there's something amazing about it. And that can actually almost be distracting to people, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, you hear it quoted and man, people say, talk about, you know, first Corinthians 13 at a wedding, um, you know, uh, Psalm 23 at a, at a funeral, right? These are things that, that every like American is going to hear at some point, it seems mm -hmm. like. And they think that it's just poetry mm -hmm. because it is it's beautiful. It's amazing. But when we wrestle with it, when we go deeper into it, when we study it more, we, it comes alive because it points us to Jesus. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's what, that's what we need. In fact, we're going to be studying it more. Um, and so, um, in fact, when we say this week, I want to encourage you yep. to come on out or join us online, um, live.efcc.org. Um, and, uh, you can, you can, uh, watch online this Sunday. Um, Ryan's going to be finishing up this, uh, short little series on the good book, but then we're talking about the good book in a lot of ways, um, all year round, right? Every yeah. Sunday we're talking about the good book. We are. Um, we're going to be studying uh, First Corinthians, right? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, we're doing a year-long series on First Corinthians, um, and it starts on the 16th. Now, uh, we're teaching straight through the book of First Corinthians. We are going to take a few breaks here and there, one for um, Easter and teaching on Resurrection and Good Friday, and we'll take a break in the summer. But, um, you know, between January and uh, the end of November of next year, we're going to teach through the entire book of First Corinthians, and I could not be more excited. I'm really, really um, just challenged by what God's teaching me through this letter and the, what I, uh, the word I think he has for, for our church and city and, and region. So um, I'm excited. Can't wait. That's great. Um, on uh, Wednesday nights for the next two uh, seminar nights, which is the third Wednesday of every of every month, we are uh, we're going to be talking about the Bible as well. In fact, um, I, I believe, and I don't have our sign today, sorry, but um, I believe that you brought a book, didn't you? I did, I did. So let's just prompt this book sign. real fast because oh, you have the sign. You just you know, I don't know how to turn it on. Yeah, you don't have to turn it on. You always do that part. So there anyway. you go. I've got a sign. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Let me. Uh, so here, here's the book I brought, and okay. um, it's a book about the good book, and it is by a good professor. Uh, his name is Doctor Mark Strauss, and um, one of my seminary professors. And he wrote this book, how to how to read the Bible in changing times, and it is really really good. It is. Um, 
it's readable, um, but it's also academic. So it's not a, it's not an easy read, but if you want to, you can get through it. And it addresses some really, really what I would say are um, applicable questions that people have about the Bible, about Scripture, how we should read it. Some of the questions that we talked about today, um, he addresses in here, and. Mm -hmm how mm -hmm. people can read one passage and come up with different perspectives on it. And he wrestles mm -hmm. with, with mm -hmm. some of that as well. He wants to talk about what, what the Bible is and what it isn't yes. so that what we have exactly. a really clear picture when we go to scripture of what it is that we are reading and wrestling with. So um, that's, right. uh, that's by uh, Dr. Mark Strauss and he will be with us be in here. Exactly. two weeks. So right? in, uh, in two weeks from today. Okay. So today's the first Wednesday of the month. Um, later tonight, we have prayer tonight on Wednesday nights. And this is a, this is starting off the, the new year of Wednesday nights with prayer. So we'd love you to come out 630 to, um, to eight. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we'd love to have you come out and pray with us, but then, um, third Wednesday of every month is a seminar. So this Wednesday, Mark Strauss will be here and no, talking about two, that very thing. This, Sorry, Oh, this Wednesday meeting this, this month, I meant uh, this month. This yes, month, yes. Yes. Not tonight in two weeks. Um, he will be here. And then, uh, and then the following, uh, the one in February, the third Wednesday in February is a, um, is another Bible, um, seminar. We'll kind of walk through how we got our Bible going to be really, really neat. So anyway, we're going to be talking about this a lot. And next week, um, I'd love, love for you to, any, any questions you have uh, about the Bible. Um, I, I brought up even this week, like a criticism, right? Um, a, a problem someone found it, you know, and a supposed error. Um, if you want to talk about those, um, we're open to it. Okay, guys, there's, there's, we've, we've tried to deal with a lot of them. And there's a bunch out there of critiques and things, but it's safe. This is a safe place to ask questions and uh, yeah. we can give you perspective and answers. And um, hopefully we've done a little bit of, uh, of research on it and can give you some answers. So, um, or anyway, we'll just that's ask what Mark. this is all about. Or we'll ask Mark even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a great question. Hold that one for Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a better idea. Yeah, but he'll be with us for, I mean, we're giving him like, uh, you know, a full hour plus of time. So it's going to be a good time. Time for Q&A. Well, there'll be a time for Q&A. We'll Q &A. see if he's got time. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, I'm sure. I'm depends sure. on how long he speaks. Yep. But uh, anyway, so, um, so that's all coming up. And uh, as always, we're so thankful for your engagement, for joining us, for, um, for downloading, listening, or watching online. Um, it is a privilege to do this. And uh, we look forward to a great 2022. Yes. And uh, with that, Ryan, send us out. Yeah. Josh, hope you and your family uh, feel uh, feel better. And um, yeah, God bless you guys. Have a great 2022.